DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. You know, there was a time, kind of like 2008, 9, 10, when it seemed like the Jazz and the Lakers played once a week. Three playoff series will do that yeah. to you. But the Lakers slipped for quite a while. The Jazz traded Darren Williams and slipped for quite a while. And now the Lakers are back on top of the basketball world. And back from those halcyon days of 2008, 9, and 10, Larry the Laker checking in. Larry, good morning. How are you guys doing? We're doing all right. I mean, we're not on top of the world like you. But uh, <laughs> I have to say in a weird way, it is, it's good to hear your voice. I already regret saying that, having said it. But nonetheless, I blurted it out. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. It's it's not like, you know, the days there was a certain amount of uh like give and take love hate relationship in those years. You used to call the time all sorts of fired up. Are you older and mellower now? Uh, well, I'm definitely older, that's for sure. You know, your little open there was exactly what I was thinking, DJ. I, it hit me when I was sitting here on hold that I remember making the phone call the last time the Lakers won 10 years ago, which is bizarre to me. I mean, it's amazing how how time has flown. And everything has changed. But, um, yeah, I mean, I will say, though, I was a freaking wreck during the last couple rounds of these playoffs. I think it, it was more an, um, an outgrowth of everything that everybody went through to get to this point. And when it became pretty apparent that the Lakers were going to win, all I could do was watch the games and keep saying, please don't let us wake up tomorrow and find out that there were like 10 positive tests in the bubble and they're going to stop the playoffs with two games to go or something. I mean, it was just like all you wanted to do was get to the finish line and get it over with. Um, so when they lost on Friday night on that last second shot that didn't go in, I was the most miserable person to be around for like, you know, 48 hours waiting for that game on Sunday. And uh, I know the rest of the world, I'm sure the NBA hated the fact that it was Campaign was chilling, and it was it was the most pleasurable last hour of a basketball game I think I've ever watched. It was awesome. It sucked. It was the worst I've ever watched. <laughs> you know, uh, one of my best buddies uh, is uh, the play-by-play guy for the Lakers, and we always joke about that. John loves like a last like his favorite game of the whole playoffs is when AD hit the three at the buzzer. You know, to be uh, to win the game against Denver. For me, no, no, give me that 32-point lead in the third quarter anytime because now I can just start, you know, kicking back and enjoying, you know, breakaway dunks and everything else that comes with it. But I get it. Uh, for you, PK, um, you know, you need a little more excitement, a little more flair. So, uh, you know, and then, and of course, you know, an hour after it was over, you know, I sit down and start thinking about what the roster's going to look like whenever they come back next season and everything. So, you know, 17 down, now moving on to 18. So, uh here we go. Oh, it was super geez. fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let me throw this at you. In terms of Laker legends, I got LeBron slightly below Eldon Campbell. <laughs> Boy, that's tough. Eldon, you know, he, he with the passion and the fire he played with, you know, I mean, uh, I, I thought you were going to put him in the same thing as like Mike Schmeck or something. But, uh, you know, LeBron... But- and the only reason why I have him above, uh, the only reason why I've got him just slightly below Eldon is because Eldon played his high school ball in Inglewood. 
you know, I, you know, after two years of LeBron, it's the weirdest thing. He Laker fans have com- obviously completely embraced. If your dude comes here and brings a title, you're embraced. Um, I don't know if you heard yesterday, like it was on a, another uh, talk radio network, uh, Keyshawn Johnson, you know, the former football player and SC grad and everything, strong local guy. He actually went on there and said, you know, uh, LeBron won't be embraced as a true Laker legend unless he wins more than one, which I think is a, a bit unfair, especially at his age. Um, but LeBron goes about it in a very different way, certainly than like a Kobe did. Or, he's very, he's very like business-like, but almost in a boring way. And he doesn't. There are times when you watch LeBron, you're like, come on, you know, he'll go a whole first half of a playoff game and have three shot attempts. And, you know, you know, a couple free throws and five points. Now, he will have seven, eight assists, but he's like, he comes into games and he feels them out for a long period of time. And then there'll be a point where he shifts gears and does what he thinks he needs to do for them to win that night. But you watch him and sometimes you're yelling like, LeBron, take the shot. Quit throwing the ball away. Um, just a, he's just a different guy. I, my, my favorite guy in this team, and it doesn't take much to figure it out, is Anthony Davis. I mean, that guy proved so much to me. I mean, I think the last game, Sunday night was the opening example. I think he only finished with 15, 17 points, something like that. But he was so freaking dominant defensively during that game. Miami, they, they could not get below the free throw line to save their lives for anything. And I just love the way he can completely change a game and not have a 35-point night. Um, and that's why... Looking forward, this is so fun because AD is just now like entering his prime. So yeah, LeBron's only got what he's got two years up on his contract. He might extend for a year or two as he gets older, but he is not the long-term answer. But they do have a long-term, you know, uh, benchmark uh, to build after an AD. So when LeBron goes and that salary cap space comes up, with any luck at all, you'll be able to find another star uh, and. Certainly not Paul George, by the way, to put right alongside him. So uh. Nice! That was a good clipper shot. Larry, you've mellowed so much. Ten years ago, that clipper shot would have come in the first 90 seconds. That took like nine minutes. Come on, Larry. DJ... It's early in the morning here, DJ. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and the other thing is, you know, this is no, uh, you know, I'm one of the folks, my chosen industry of work uh, have been closed ever since COVID started. Well, I'm going on six months not going to work here. And, you know, it's got its benefits. I mean, but, and one of the benefits is I don't get up in the mornings if I don't have to. So, uh, <laughs> this is a special favor to you guys, you know? So, but, uh, okay, so um, I'm intrigued by this, and, and PK and I have discussed this at different times. Uh, yes, you got eight, he's very good. I'm not arguing that. And and certainly he's younger and the and he's the future and all that. But there's a difference between being the second banana to LeBron and being excellent at it, and being the guy. Even if they bring in a second and third guy who pretty who are pretty good, and just as we compare LeBron to Jordan, let's compare AD to Pippen because both guys are excellent players. But that doesn't make you a champion. When the other guy's gone, and let's face it, it's L.A., once you got 17 championships, well, you only have 12, Minneapolis had five. But once you're this used to winning, <laughs> it's championship or bust for the Lakers. The Lakers don't get warm and fuzzy over a trip to a conference final. 
No, they do not. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's what we're going to see as time goes on. Um, the thing I was most impressed with with AD, I always think it's, by the way, it's harder, I believe, for a big guy to be the focus or be the controlling interest on the team because he's not bringing the ball up. He's not initiating the offense. You know, any big guy, AD or anybody else, needs a star guard or, or at least a wing who can initiate the offense and bring the things up and get it going. So uh, that's why I think this combination works so tremendously because you've got the dominant big guy. He calls himself a forward. He played at a center a lot. And then you've got the guy who handles the ball. A.D., when LeBron is gone, the Lakers are going to have to get another dynamic uh, guard slash wing that initiates offense, that runs things. Um, because, you know, A.D. is never going to be the guy who brings the ball up, who controls tempo. So it's gonna, that's going to be interesting. It's going to be who they pair him with as time goes on. It might be a case where instead of having a LeBron, you know, one consummate superstar, you have a couple of really good guys. Uh, you know, like just slightly below that superstar tier, and you've got a three-headed monster or something. Um, and, you know, time will tell. I, I can't even tell you. Going two, three years down the road, I have no idea what the free agent market is going to be. Uh, again, I haven't even looked at it, but uh, it's going to be interesting. But at least there's, you know, if you would have talked to a Laker fan like three years ago or whatever when they were, you know, vying for the draft lottery and everything, I wouldn't even think we'd be having this conversation about who we're going to replace somebody on the championship team. So it's pretty, it's pretty exciting, I will say. And the city is like completely jacked for this one. I mean, um, I know that there's a lot of talk all over the country about NBA ratings are down. This and that. I get that, although all sports ratings are down. But, uh, you know, in L.A., it was a big deal. It was a huge deal the other night. And, uh, you know, it, it felt pretty much it's, it felt as exciting as any of the titles I remember going all the way back to the Showtime era. Okay, that's what I was going to ask Laker fans. Rank this one compared to Kobe, Shaq, and Magic and those guys. Well, the, the greatest one for me will always be Showtime when they finally beat the Boston Celtics and they beat them in the Boston Garden. That was, you know, um, that was just the ultimate, you know, because that was your most bitterly hated rival, and you got to punk them in front of their own obnoxious fans. It was awesome. Um, Kobe Shaq was great. It was awesome, and especially the three-peat, but and now I'm going to sound like the world's most arrogant Laker fan. I'll get back on here, DJ. I mean... After a while, Kobe Shaq became business as usual. I mean, uh, the first Kobe Shaq, which goes back to the uh, conference finals, the famous Kobe lob to Shaq in the last end of the game, that one was the most exciting of all of them because that was when they finally broke through and got it. Um, and then, you know, it's funny, everybody forgets. They were even talking about this on the game the night on the network. They mentioned all the pairings, you know, Kobe Shaq and Magic Curry, and everybody forgets about Kobe Powell even though they won back-to-back titles, you know. Um, but again, Kobe Powell was almost an extension of Kobe Shaq. You know, yeah. just kind of rolled through. So I think because this was 10 years in the making, and I, I believe, believe me, there were times when, you know, Lonzo was drafted and proved he really couldn't play and everything. There were times when a lot of us thought, well, maybe we've seen our last Lakers title or last in my lifetime, you know. Um, so this was right up there. Probably to me, second to that one. And of course, there's the biggest factor hanging. Or I haven't mentioned it all morning. The Kobe thing was a big thing this year. 
and it was still felt very strongly the other night when they closed it out. Um, you know, Laker fans will never get over what happened, but it made people have almost a sense of an enclosure with it a little bit last night, when uh, last Sunday night, I'm sorry, when they could close this out. So are you going to back it up with the Dodger title and just be totally insufferable, or is that Dodger bullpen going to, uh, going to get them knocked out? You know, DJ, I don't even think it's the Dodger bullpen. I think it's the Dodger chokeism. Um, I, I, you know, as a, as a young lad here in L.A., the first team I loved and watched every game of was the Dodgers. They were my first, you know. My dad was a baseball guy, so basketball came along for me a little later. But there is something about this collection of Dodger players. And I mean the guys who were homegrown, you know, the the uh, Bellingers, the Seekers, the, you know. They, they've proven over, what, the last four years? They don't hit in the postseason. They just don't. Um, they're not. And I was watching that game last night, and believe me, after going through the Lakers, I was very chill watching that Dodger game last night. But when it was one-to-one, the seventh, the eighth, all I did as a Dodger fan was sit and wait for something to go wrong because you know it's going to. And it's just, you know, so, so, so let's see. And sometimes when I get like this, when I kind of get to this whole melancholy write-it-off, that's when the team wins. But I will also say, and I'm usually not the, this guy, but – the fact that baseball only played 60 games. I mean, the NBA all played 72 of their regular scheduled games. And then they did the bubble thing. I don't. I think it's really a reach to say the NBA title or the playoffs in any way were jaded because those guys put in the work. And, the, you know, when the season was halted, the Lakers had a six-game lead in the Pacific, in the Western Conference. I'm sorry. So their seeding wasn't going to change. The NBA got it done. But baseball, man, 60 games of what would be 162, I mean, that's, a, that's barely more than a third of what a season would have been. And look what happens in those other 100 games, you know, injuries. and It's just going to, yeah, the champ's going to go through the playoffs and win. But if after 32 years or whatever, if the Dodgers are finally going to win, I'd like to see them win in a real season, personally. That's just, you know, we don't want to turn it down if it happens. I got one more question for you, Larry, before I hope not to speak to you for another 10 years. Uh, <laughs> Jerry West, he'll go down as a Laker. Magic will go down as a Laker. I think even Abdul will go down as a Laker. Shaq goes down as a Laker. Powell goes down as a Laker. Kobe goes down as a Laker. What does LeBron go down as? You know, if, if he somehow, if they win another one, then he's very firmly. And I don't think in history. I mean, but but Laker Laker Nation, whatever you want to call it, will accept him as theirs if that happens. Yeah. They're always going to love what he gave us. But but he's I not a Laker. Well, I, a, I think of him. He's not a Laker. I think of him as a Cavalier. Exactly. And the reason I well because he did something that had. Well, he won Cleveland their own title in, what, 100 years? I even lose track. But right. what he did for that franchise, yeah, no, and I have no problem. I mean, I, I believe that fully. That's, that's what, and that's why I think this team going forward, you know, AD is going to sign that long-term extension this offseason, and let's say AD wins two, three more over in the next decade. He has far more a chance of going down as a legendary Laker. Yes, he does. You know? 
I will say. I agree if it comes to that. I view LeBron as a one-man Death Star, roaming the galaxies <laughs> of the universe, bringing destruction and championships and near championships wherever he goes in the universe. Yeah, it's, I got to say, man, he's an amazing guy. He really is. You know, maybe part of it, I was thinking, is, you know, his game at times, LeBron's, is not pretty, not artistic. It's lower the shoulder and go into four guys kind of thing, you know. Um, maybe that's some of it, whereas Michael and Kobe and some of the guys in Magic, you know, were spectacular and artistic to watch. LeBron's more like a, a completely out-of-control freight train who's got unbelievable skills all the way around. I don't know. He's just, he's just a different cat to watch, that's for sure, especially when you see him night in, night out. But you cannot diminish in any way his greatness. It's, what he's accomplished is unbelievable. So, If he were any two players in NBA history, he's Stockton and Malone in the same frame. That is a great analogy. That really is. I like DJ. That's, I'll use that with some of my friends here and look, you're yeah. smarter than I am. He's Mark Price and Larry Nance. <laughs> <laughs> It's Cleveland, my man. Cleveland. He's a Northeast Ohio guy. His jersey won't even be retired by the Lakers. Yeah, it will be. He, oh, no, it won't. If he's a Laker, then Jordan was a Washington, whatever they're called. Well, the Washington basketball win, okay. team. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. They did win. I, 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 you know, let's see what. As we all saw this year, this this narrative that he's getting old and maybe lo- is, is is just ridiculous. It's not true. I mean, he's, yeah, Father Time is marching on, but even you can look at it this way. I think LeBron's got probably at least two more seasons of playing at at the best player in the league or right there with it level, and then there's going to be the couple three four years if he wants to depends on of the drop off years where he's still really good and on a given night can drop 35 or 40 on you. But night in, night out, you know, he needs days off and stuff. So he's got some years ahead of him. It, a lot of these guys this year, especially the Nat. Oh, by the way, how bad did the national guys screw this up all year? We, as Laker fans, they played a compilation on, on the local station here yesterday of all the ESPN and basketball pundits over the last 12 months picking the Clippers and picking the Bucks and everything. It was comical, all these guys. You know, you name the name, pretty much they were in there. I mean, I, I don't know. I've never seen a team that was as versatile as this Laker team was. I mean, look at the playoffs. The first round, they dominate Portland with their size. The second round against uh, Houston, they don't even play their two centers. They just sit up on the bench, full series, and play with a guard lineup and dominate them. Then they have to play big again against Jokic because he's great, but they do it. And then against the Heat, in the end, they play Dwight a little bit. And in the end, they just start Alex Caruso because they can. I mean, that's a, they're pretty deep and pretty good. An all-time so, I, team. I probably, they're, they're pretty great, i got to say. <laughs> well, Larry and, is... And I've enjoyed it. It's good to hear from you, Larry, even if it isn't as contentious as it was back in the day, which, honestly, I really enjoy. patronizing. It's even worse. I know. I know. <laughs> well, you know, believe me, I'm as smug and as happy as always. You know, it's just, uh, it, it was a bit of an ordeal. <laughs> so, well, uh, here it is. It's over, you know. Larry, I think I speak for a lot of Jazz fans when I say we can't wait to see who the Lakers uh, tamper with next and win their next dirty title with. 
I cannot wait either. It's going to be a ball. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Larry. Back, back, <laughs> to, the, back to the basement and Ma's meatloaf, okay? Oh, oh absolutely. And the bed is where I'm going again. <laughs> I got nothing else going. <laughs> Thanks, Larry. Right, Larry the Laker, once upon a time a fixture, now, now in semi-retirement. And apparently napping on a regular basis. All right, DJ and PK, time to welcome in Gabe Gomez, Syringa Networks, here to help you with all your IT issues as the world changes very quickly. Gabe, good morning. Good morning, y'all. Gabe, what's one of the things you hear really uh, just consistently, very often, from uh, the people who are reaching out to you? Well, the, the, probably the, the, the biggest question is, um, has to do with reliable internet access and also with the security type uh, features that they need to deploy. So it's really a combination of those two. And then the third one behind that would be, how do I integrate all of my voice uh, platforms so that it's all seamless and someone who's working at home, it seems to uh, my client or their client that uh, it's they're calling into the office. So you've got uh, tech support around the clock for people whenever they're working, wherever they're working? Yeah, that's, that, that is correct. That's one of the, the, the big features of Syringa Networks is that we've invested in, into local tech support and engineering support that can be accessed uh, 7 by 24 by 365, regardless of, of time or holiday or anything like that. We're, we have live people here available to answer questions and, and troubleshoot issues and things of that nature. So what can you do for a business owner today, somebody who's really up against it and has issues? Well, a variety of things. So first off, you know, we can provide consultation with them in regards how to uh, strategize for their IT uh, services, both now and down the road. We can uh, take a look at their Internet access to make sure it's right size for the, uh, the type of business that they're running and then look at their, their voice uh, services as well to make sure that th- those two are in, in, a, in a good position for whatever the future may hold. He's Gabe Gomez, Syringa Networks. They can help you. Visit them at syringanetworks.net. That's syringanetworks.net. Gabe, thanks a lot. Thank you. Nothing else matters, fellas. Every day we go to work. Football is back, and the Zone Sports Network has you covered. As the Cougars continue to bulldoze through their schedule and the Utes and Aggies get set for the start of their season. You gotta go faster, faster! Nobody will bring you better coverage of your team than the Zone Sports Network. This is your home of the best college football coverage in Utah. Turn me up all day! 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. I don't care anything about hype. I just want to play our best. And then it doesn't really matter about the rankings and all the, the, you know, the criticism or the praise. It doesn't matter. Those are all distractions. We try to get back on it with our guys. And the only answer we can, I can give you right now is to work hard. And when guys start thinking about all the other stuff, those are just distractions. We, we label them as distractions, good and or bad. And, and the focus is just purely on trying to fix what we made or the mistakes that we made in UTSA and then getting to Houston and making sure that when we enter that game Friday night that we're going to be at our best. There's Kalani Sataki, BYU football coach. Cut through all the high PK. Fix the mistakes that plagued them against UTSA because whatever challenges UTSA presented, Houston's going to present a lot more. Kalani, I mean, you can talk hype and expectations, but they got to make sure that they do not open the door for Houston to beat them. If Houston's too big and too fast and they can't do it, that's one thing, but they cannot look back and see all those mistakes that littered the last game they played. 
Well, I promise you they won't be too big, and that's not a problem. BYU's got plenty of size. I think that they have to be aware of the hype. You cannot just dismiss the hype as a distraction. I think that would be doing – you wouldn't be doing your duty as a head coach because it was clear that UTSA was all about the hype, and this was their chance to make a national splash. Whether you think BYU is this or that, that's up to you. But the fact is they're ranked 14th, and they've got a brand name. People know of BYU football. It's been around 40, 50 years, and it's not the top of its brand name right now. But nevertheless, it still has a brand name. It's like the University of Miami, you know. They still have a brand name, even though they're nowhere close to where they used to be. And same thing with BYU. And with that in mind, UTSA has no brand name. So my point is that they were all jacked. You could see them dancing around. It was funny. BYU introduced dancing to college football. Well, they were... Uh, like uh, one of those religions who won't allow you to dance, and the other guy's dancing like crazy. So the point being that Houston, this is going to be a big game for them, right? I mean, they've got big games in their conference. They've got good teams in their conference. I think the AAC is a representative conference. I mean, somebody decides who's a Power 5 and who isn't a Power 5. And then you go with that. But uh, the AAC is pretty good. So Houston has played in big games over the years. And they've played on national TV plenty of times. But they're going to be way excited to play BYU. And if BYU does not recognize that and match that intensity, then they're go- it's going to be an issue. So I just don't think you can just dismiss the hype. Oh, it's a distraction. I'm not going to talk about it. We talked some uh, BYU this morning. Uh, we also talked a little Utah with Jalen Dixon entering the NCAA transfer portal. Seems like Utah State's the most likely landing place, but I guess you never know. We'll have to let it play out. Uh, he had an impact for Utah, but on the deepest receiving group ever, maybe he didn't think there'd be enough snaps for him. Playing time, PK. This is the deepest receiving group Utah's ever had? That's what Kyle Whittingham was telling me, how good they are, how deep they are. They're going to be really good on the edges. He the said they edges. were the deepest? I'll have to go back and listen now. You're making me question whether no, I, I'm not. I know when I'm speaking, it sounds like I'm attacking, but I'm, I'm it was Friday. Well, Friday, I thought he was talking about how deep okay, it was. Okay, maybe he did. I don't uh, remember Maybe that. how deep it was, not the deepest. I know he loved the 08 group, I think and he, I don't know that he thinks it's better than I that. I think he included the tight ends in that statement as well. I think he's... Yeah. Overall pass catching. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, Keithy's looks like he's a star. And I, I always forget, is it Frothingham or Frothington? Fotheringham. I mean, he's a nice guy to have on your team, and he's an emerging player himself. I mean, he can get better. So those two guys right off the bat come to mind. And back for his 19th year from Tibview High School. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then you've got uh, Covey. Britt, Somehow Britt, just man. a junior. <laughs> yeah. He was yeah, funny. and he can get this year back if he wants. Yeah. I mean, his kids are going to love watching him play college football. Uh, so maybe they maybe they do. I'm not doubting. I just didn't know he said that, and I have to think about that to see. And 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 this is where I often say that I overestimate these guys. And when I say these guys are locals, uh, because I'm around them a lot. But I expect way more out of this receiving core because I do think it's good, but yet I haven't seen it to where they take over games. And, you know, I see the Devils have had first-round receivers the last couple years. Why the crap haven't the Utes? There's no reason why they shouldn't. This is a great program. It's great. You're you're king of the, the hill here, literally. 
you know, you go to some of those other places and you're buried in ter- down the depth chart in terms of publicity, not around here. So to me, it's an extremely attractive place to play. And why aren't they having first-round receivers? They should. It seems incredible to me that they had, well, and you got to judge them not by the college, but by the pros, but they had more NFL receivers in the whack Mountain West days than they did in the Pac-12 era, than they have in the Pac-12 era. Think about some of the guys who came by, came through in the 90s, and they were dynamic. And maybe it was about the quality of defenses they played against, but that's why I threw in the NFL thing. Because, you know, then you got Kevin Dyson going off the NFL. It's like, well, then that's not just about the quality of the whack defense. No, and he's just, yeah. he's really good. Yeah. But maybe they're getting back to that. Maybe they're about to break through here. Well, you're asking guys to do it who haven't done it. In addition to that, we talked a little uh, pro football this morning. The Saints down 17, and Drew Brees rallies him. He throws for 325 yards and a touchdown, runs for a touchdown, and then Taysom Hill runs for the game, tying touchdown, and they win in overtime. It was a pretty entertaining game. I can see the Saints as a playoff team, but I can't see them as much more than that. And honestly, I, I could still see him missing. Oh, what's the record? Three and two? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're not three and two. You've clinched nothing. Right, and I'm talking more eyeball tests, just watching the way play. Well, just, of course, yeah. It just well, you're three seems and two. so difficult, and at times it seems so easy for them. Three and two is the eyeball test. Well, and they're tied with the Bucks and Panthers, so one of those teams is going to win that division. Another one, or maybe even two, will get in as a wild card. Speaking of eyeball, man, I'm excited for Herbert. I think he is looking great. I mean, I know they're not winning games. They've been in games. They blew to the Chiefs. You could say they blew it yes, uh, last night. But nevertheless, for a rookie, man, this kid is looking like, all right, that was a great pick. He's running around making plays. Yeah. Now, he got a little help last night. That was broken coverage on that last one. That was, <laughs> that was awful. But, hey, at least you see him, right? You can be looking to the other side of the field and not see him, and that would be, oh, exactly. yeah, be horrible. That would be horrible, but it happens. big kid. Yeah. I'm I'm excited for his uh his I just his potential, man. It looks like it looks like he's a player. And we've got Tuesday night football. I know that sounds weird, but it's actually a good game, even though the, the franchises aren't the powerhouse brand names, but the Bills and Titans are combined seven and Buffalo's four and Tennessee's three and and they're playing tonight on CBS at five o'clock. Oh yeah, I'm all over that, man. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a Josh Allen, Wyoming kid. Uh, get to see these guys. How good are the Bills? Are they ready to take over where the Patriots left off in that uh, AFC East? Because I'm pretty sure it's not going to be the Jets. <laughs> the Jets are 0-5, so I think you're on to something there. Although the Dolphins, man, really surprised me the way they just spanked the Niners. Uh, I was surprised that it's that easy, but the Niners have so many injuries, I'm not surprised that the Dolphins were able to win. Really? Come on. Yeah, the Niners I mean, have had a lot of injuries. I'm, you know I'm a Niners a fan. A lot of injuries. Oh, who, they, a lot of injuries. They should I mean, everybody has injuries. Nah, not this many. This is I'd have to count. How many does the Dolphins are fully healthy? 110%. Head fits magic on their side. I I was surprised it got to 30-7 to seven so fast. There's they no way not to be surprised by that. Yeah, they did. Did you know Jake Toulson, Austin Ainge, and Ryan Fitzpatrick went to the same high school? Get out. I really didn't know that. He's a Phoenix guy or East Valley guy. The Bills, I think, really are looking at the Patriots who are two and two. The Dolphins are two and three. 
Uh, the Titans, uh, well, the Texans and Jaguars are both one and four. So for the Titans, it's really about staying in front of the Colts, who are three and two. So we ought to be looking at two playoff teams, but uh, it's still early. There's still time for the wheels to come off and for injuries to eat anybody's season alive. But this looks like a good game tonight. Baseball, we got two more games today. So there'll be games at 4, 5, and 6.40. The Dodgers and the Braves at 4. So we've talked about different teams, and, uh, and you're always, whenever you make a playoff pick, the first thing you do is go to a team's pitching. But Atlanta's pitching. Four shutouts, now a game where they give up just one run. They had the 7-5 win over the Marlins, so they've given up six runs in six games. They haven't lost a postseason game yet. It's been absolutely sensational, yeah. brilliant. You couldn't ask for anything more. It's been incredible, absolutely. It's been the number one story of the postseason is the Braves pitching. And Tampa Bay's pitching is pretty good, and it paid well, it's off expected again. expected to be the good. Right. It paid off again. Manuel Margot gave him a uh, three-run homer. The former Padre back in San Diego hits a three-run homer. Tumbles over the, the railing into the, uh, the hallway tunnel thing there, and uh, he was a one-man highlight show. It was a great defensive play, but it doesn't beat the greatest defensive play in MLB history Happened on this date 19 years ago today. Derek Jeter with the backhand was simply the greatest defensive play in MLB history. And it might be the greatest defensive play in the history of sport. Willie Mays is pissed right now, but center fielders sometimes catch balls in deep center field. Shortstops don't usually make relays on the first baseline. No. With a one-hand swipe. And get it why the runner is in the air. Over the base. All right, anything else we've discussed today that you would like to... We had one really good topic today. We need to just uh, punt that to tomorrow, don't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, recruiting another kid well, going Well, and we'll have Riley Jensen on tomorrow, right? Right. So we'll, we'll hit that tomorrow. And I did some research on that uh, last night, and I, I came up with some interesting things. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Your feedback's coming up next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. BYU does beat Texas San Antonio. They give up 14 points in the fourth quarter for the Roadrunners to make a game of it. BYU made a bunch of mistakes. I think BYU has more talent, but Texas San Antonio came to play. That was the best team playing at its best that we've seen so far. Texas San Antonio was better than the other teams that BYU has faced. At no point did I think BYU was going to lose. BYU was clearly the better team, but we're talking about a Roadrunner squad that barely beat Middle Tennessee. And that's a horrible football team. Beat them by two. Barely beat Texas stayed in double overtime. This is not a great football team, and BYU made them look pretty good. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Question of the morning with the Lakers winning another title. How concerned are you about the competitive balance in the NBA? And Rogers says, there's no balance. There's never been any balance. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, how insufferable are Laker fans? <laughs> Brandon says, I unfriended them. <laughs> nice. Like fingernails on a chalkboard. Yeah, right. All right. And speaking of fingernails on a chalkboard, ladies and gentlemen, Ooh. put your hands together. Here she is, ready to annihilate anyone who gets in between her and a cougar. 
especially that feisty cougar that we all see the video of. Lisa, good morning. That is so rude. My voice is like fingernails on the uh, golf course. Sorry, my (laughs) brain. Okay, so I just really wanted to call in because... You're 4-0 and you're a front runner. Yeah, that's that's nice. (laughs) Um, But it's been interesting to me to watch the youth. You know, um, as BYU is like, we'll play anyone, anywhere, anytime... You know, Utah, the research school, is trying to figure out how to play football. I, I mean, uh, you know, and, and, and to have Pac-12 Governor Newsom overseeing whether you can play, where they turn off your power if you decide to have a party at your house. I was like, good luck with that. But as soon as they realized the money that they were bleeding out, all these, you know, People are running now. Oh yeah, we got to play football. We can do it, you know. And 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 I, one one guy on Twitter said, now there will be real big boy football being played. And I was like, yeah, high school's been playing for five weeks. That's real big boy football, in my opinion, because they're doing it without any. They're doing it just purely for the love of the game. And and this was anyway. So that's just kind of my point. To me, high school is the big boy football. Utah's in it for the money. I just wish people who were decent teams would play BYU so we could see what they were really like. Well, if I could just channel Ute fans, uh, I think they would say, well, they just played UTSA and we saw what they're really like. Yeah, I noticed that. David, why Why would you ask that question? I, I was laughing so hard. I looked at all, the, all of the responses. Every Ute fan, you know, exposed, exposed. 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 Has Utah even played yet? No. They have not, but that's not the question. <laughs> well, no, I, but I mean, I'm just curious because, like, it, it's it's just interesting to me that they're so enmeshed in BYU. We're the little brother. We don't matter. Oh, yeah. Well, they're yada, lying. Yada, all the things that they say. Yeah, they're lying when they say they don't care. They care a lot. Oh, heck yeah, uh, underline like underline a lot, but I think that if they were here, they would also say uh, BYU has played those games before. That's how they got smoked at Michigan a few years ago. You know, they played really well for a few weeks. Uh, it didn't win them all. I think they were two and one going into that game, but I have to look. But they won a couple good games and then lost a heartbreaker. But then they had a week where they just they didn't bring it. As PK has said multiple times, it's hard to bring it four times in a row and bring your A game week after week. But that year they were playing a schedule where they couldn't get away with it. This year they're playing a schedule where they could get away with it. Right. I agree. I actually slept through the football game this Saturday. Um, but I, I'm very interested to watch this one because I do think this is going to be a real test. You know, are, is BYU good? Or like Ute Sam likes to say, they're just played mediocre Although Troy beat them before, right? Didn't we lose to Troy? Not this year, but I mean before. No, I think you're you're thinking of Northern Illinois or UMass. Oh, okay. Yeah. There was a guy named Troy on that team, though. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. And how about Taysom Hill last night? Unbelievable. A great touchdown run. It was so fun. It was 
so fun. I love it. All right, well, guys, I just wanted to check in. I, you know, I'm just glad BYU is playing football. I don't care who they play. All I just right. want to watch Lo- them play. Love you, Lisa. Give my love to the family. I will, and I love you back. <laughs> Thanks. Stay safe. Thanks, Lisa. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, time to welcome in Gabe Gomez from Syringa Networks. Gabe, good morning. Good morning, y'all. You ready for a little telecom work? You ready for some IT solutions? You ready for another day of people who have trouble getting the work done from home? It's what we live for out here. Yeah, we're, we're definitely ready. Um, as uh, we've talked about throughout the morning, we're, you know, we have the technical support and local support here for for the uh, for our clients in the Utah area, um, seven three sixty five by twenty four. You know, regardless of time, day, night, whenever, give us a call. We're we're happy to help. So people are working from home more. What are the what are the hurdles they run into? Well, a lot of the hurdles have to do with really uh, two things. Uh, first off, making sure that you have reliable internet bandwidth, which is something that we. Uh, that we pride ourselves on and the way we deliver our internet access. And the other thing is uh, making sure that uh, you have a secure environment to where your, your data is safe. How do people get a hold of you? The best way to get a hold of us is going on to our website at www.syringanetworks.net, and there you'll find all kinds of different resources, white papers, and uh, different uh, informational topics that can uh, even just from there give you some tips and pointers on how to deploy things like we just discussed. Excellent. Gabe Gomez from Syringa Networks, syringanetworks.net, online at syringanetworks.net. Thanks a lot, Gabe. Thank you, guys. DJ and PK, we're out of time. Scotty and Hands are coming up.